you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hello and happy holidays here from Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. As always, with myself, I'm Mark. And of course, I got Phil here with me. Phil, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How about you, Mark? Hanging in there. Are you all ready for Santa Claus? We're, we're getting there. I think uh, the Amazon sleigh is bringing the last few packages in the next day or two here. So we're... <laughs> <laughs> I like I was, that, the Amazon funny, sleigh. I, I was out of town last week. We were at a conference and in cele- celebrating our anniversary. And my uh, assistant texted me a, a picture of the front office where a bunch of packages had been collecting. Uh-huh. It's starting to look like Christmas. <laughs> All right. Nice. Very cool. Well, it is. Uh, this is going to be our final show of 2019. It's going to be a final podcast. Uh, as the time we're dropping this, uh, Christmas is just a couple of days away, about five days away. Uh, we're taping this about two days before that. So I uh, hope everybody is uh, all set for the holidays and has a fantastic uh, Christmas and New Year. So we're going to take the next couple of weeks off, but we'll be back fresh in 2020, which sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's uh, you're already starting to make appointments into 2020, so I'm, I'm starting to get used to writing those numbers. We'll see how yeah, long that yeah, lasts. Exactly. So. I was doing the same thing yesterday. I was like, oh, I have to write 2020 on. The, I have to label this show 2020, and I was like, that's, that's just weird. I, you know, it's this, always the challenge after the first of the year. It used to be writing checks, but we don't do so many of those yeah, anymore. That's so. true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, as always, folks, we appreciate you listening to the podcast as Phil and I talk about uh, retirement facts and tax hacks and other things. And so we'll do what we normally do, and hopefully you pick up a useful nugget of information if you do please let phil know if you've got questions or concerns give him a call before you take any action Uh, you always want to do that anytime you hear anything financially related or a lot of times life related always bounce it off a professional 248-888-7530 is how you reach out to him uh, to give him a call on the telephone 248-888-7530 is the number to call or you can as always subscribe to the podcast on apple google spotify and so on and so forth by going to Phil's website, AFSWealthMGT.com. That's AFSWealthMGT.com. He's got more than 30 years of experience and a pretty cool guy to talk to. So give him a jingle. All right. So, Phil, this is a little bit older news, but I wanted to ask you at this time of the year, you know, earlier, a couple months ago, I think, was, I don't know, maybe a month ago or something, Trump announced that he was going to make Florida his main state of residence versus New York presumably for tax purposes uh, based on Florida's tax laws versus New York's. Um, but I was just curious, do you have clients, you know, here in Michigan, obviously it gets cold in the winter. <laughs> do you have, yes, yes, it does. Do yes, you have some snowbirds that go down to Florida or other places for a weather or B tax advantages? I uh, yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we actually have them that do both. And it's funny you say that. I was just uh, meeting with a client yesterday that we've okay. been in the process of this year, changing their residency. So they're kind of going through that whole transition and, spending you know more than six months in in florida right um, right they do have a house down there that it was up until this point kind of just a vacation home because that's the key right you got to do the six months thing right that's the key yeah i mean that's the technicality of of time you've got to be there the majority of the time but then there's you know the driver's license and registration and mail and all the other pieces that have to be in place to make it your official residence Mm -hmm. so okay so i mean it's kind of a hassle but 
you know, in their scenario, it, it uh, makes a lot of sense financially because especially with them, we're doing uh, Roth conversions. Okay, gotcha. So having a Michigan resident versus a Florida resident, moving them to Florida saves four and a quarter percent on 50 to 100,000 a year in conversions Ooh, we're doing. Yeah. So it's a, you know, sizable chunk of money. So yeah, that's definitely nothing to sneeze at. So that's something uh, to ponder, folks. Again, part of the, what we do here on the show. Uh, now, for some people, you know, they say, well, I don't want to move away from my kids or grandkids. And, and that may be one of the reasons why you keep a dual residence. Uh, maybe yep. the family's that, here. That is exactly what this, yeah. this couple's going through right now. It's yeah. going through that, you know, okay, well, yeah, I don't know if I want to be there, you know, that amount of time or not. So, right. Yeah. It, it's all working out. Yeah. And I'm sure that you struggle, right? When you're down, when you come back to Michigan and it's really cold or uh, the roads or construction is driving you particularly crazy you're thinking florida looks pretty nice right about now but at the same time like you got family and whatnot but you know what i mean florida gets congested too so oh it does it does yeah Yeah, we were just down in tampa and it is crazy down there yeah exactly all right well there you go that's a bit of our news i guess if you wanted to i kind of use the the trumpet thing as a a way to break it in there but i figured we definitely had some snowbirds up here in uh, in the in the detroit area so uh, i don't blame you i i've I've done it myself so (laughs) it gets a little cool sometimes during the winter uh all right let's get into our main topic this week i want to talk on the podcast about uh the ins and outs of mutual funds i think this might be a good way to wrap up the year mutual funds have long been a very popular way phil as you know for people to invest uh but we hear a lot of stuff about that landscape changing what do you see there yeah, I mean, it's mutual funds are, are probably one of the most um, common type of investments out there, primarily because that's what's available in a, a 401k company plans. You right. Know? So you, as a, a worker saving in that type of a plan, you've grown up using mutual funds, so you're very used to them. But oftentimes, they're, they might not be the right choice, um, especially as you, you get into retirement, you um, now have more options through individual retirement accounts and not having to, to be stuck in that company plan. And just the options they have so landscape definitely is changing okay uh, what percentage i mean just ballpark it for us uh, of your clients owned mutual funds and in one form or fashion when they first come to see you like when you're first meeting somebody new sitting down with somebody is it a pretty hefty amount i would say almost 100 percent. i mean oh, really? the vast okay. majority if not all of them because if they've had a 401k i mean that's that's what's available you know that, right. that is the investment inside that 401k and it's it's easy Right. I mean, it, for the small investor, it's a, a great investment because it does give you exposure to a, a lot, a larger segment of the market uh, with a smaller investment. You know, but as the uh, amount of your investments grow, the portfolio grows, um, there's other options that open up. So you've got to start gotcha. looking at uh, what might fit better. Okay. So let's go into a little bit of uh, some terms here for folks on mutual funds. Explain, if you will, for us a little bit. I know we get too far into the weeds, but uh, expense ratios, what are those? We hear that term a lot. And why is it important that we understand the basics of that? Well, the expense ratios are the fees in that mutual fund that they have to disclose. And that's, okay. I guess, one of the is important the pieces to understand. <laughs> it's, yeah, they have to disclose. So when, you, when you're looking at what an expense ratio is, it's generally going to be basically what that manager makes, what the, the costs are for the manager, and then what the, the 12B1 or distribution fees are, if there are any in that fund. But unfortunately, that's not the total expense in the fund. I mean, those are the, the amounts they have to tell you. Depending on the fund, uh, if it's, especially if it's an actively traded fund, probably one of the bigger expenses that you don't see is going to be the internal cost that that fund incurs as they're buying and selling um, the underlying investments. You know, so if it's stocks or bonds or ETFs or whatever it is that they're buying and selling, 
they're no different than you or I when they're doing that. They're having to pay some broker platform to place those trades uh, and buy and sell those investments. So um, you really need to understand the true cost of that fund, not just what they're telling you the uh, the expense ratios are. Okay. All right. So that's the expense ratios. And again, it's very important that you understand that because as he mentioned, that is the disclosed because sometimes, you know, as we've talked about before on the podcast and we will again, I'm sure there's a lot of hidden fees and different things and we'll save Mm -hmm. that for another time. But let's continue with mutual funds here. So we also hear the term loaded. Uh, This is a loaded fund. So if you'll give us a quick breakdown, what's a we hear front load, back load, no load. Uh, Give us a little bit of a breakdown on those. Yeah, so load is basically the commission. Think of it that way. It's it's the amount that the advisor makes on that fund. So if it's a front-loaded, sometimes called an A-share, there's going to be an initial charge uh, for you to purchase the the mutual fund. And actually, it comes out of your investment. And they vary. Five to six percent is pretty typical. Um, And again, just something to understand. The advantage to paying a front-load is uh, with a front-load, it's a one-time charge then typically the internal cost of that are going to be a little bit lower because they kind of front load it like gotcha. the, the term implies. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Um, back load is, is works almost the opposite. Um, these are basically a C share. Sometimes they're referred to where um, there's think of it, they call it a back load, but it's almost a penalty, so to speak, to leave that fund if you leave it early. So that's the back end load. Um, but then long term, the internal expenses on that fund are a little bit higher because with this, the advisor doesn't get anything up front, but instead they get a larger trail commission on that as long as you own it. Okay. So those are the two different loads and a no load just means there is no commission that gets paid to the advisor. Okay. So usually you'll, you'll see those more um, in like a 401k or if it's, uh, if you're working with a registered investment advisory firm or an RAA because they're not charging commissions. They don't get paid commissions. They're using a no-load fee, but instead they're charging a fee for assets under management. Gotcha. So those are really the the different types of loads, so to speak, you can have in a fund. And is there any kind of hidden thing in there in the no-load? Like, you know, with obviously the the front and the back, there were a couple things there. Is is there something, you know, to kind of look out for in that one? Yeah, I mean, the no-load is, we're back to the expense ratios. Then it's really just understanding what those expenses are. So there's no load, there's no commission. They end up getting paid to the advisor for that sale. Gotcha. Um, But then you need to understand what they're getting paid because they're going to get paid in another fashion, usually some type of what they call an assets under management or AUM fee. And, you know, it could be 1% a little higher, a little lower, depends on the amount of money that you're investing and, and the advisor. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So that's some of the ins and outs of the mutual funds. And that's what we're talking about here on the podcast. Uh, A couple more things to think about. And and a lot of us do have mutual funds in our portfolio. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. You just want to make sure that you understand, like any financial vehicle, uh, how it's, you know, what it's doing for you and and how it's helping your money work for you uh, in what ways that, you know, it's contributing, I guess, to the overall financial puzzle. Uh, A couple more pieces since this is Phil's tax hacks. (laughs) Let's, Let's talk about the tax issue of mutual funds. Give us some things there. Yes. And this is where mutual funds start to run into some problems, especially if they're um, held inside a uh, what's called a non-qualified or a, a taxable type investment account, uh, any account that's not a retirement account. So you'll, you'll know you have one of these accounts if you're getting a 1099 either dividend or interest or 1099B for brokerage um, on the uh, this type of investment. So mutual funds are kind of an interesting vehicle. Um, From a tax standpoint, it's a corporation. 
and that corporation, that mutual fund doesn't pay tax as long as they've distributed at least 90% of their profits. So why this is always a challenge is that you'll see this time of year, uh, right at the end of December, these mutual funds start to release uh, what their year-end distributions are gonna be, capital gain distributions or dividends. They're trying to make sure they've met that 90% so that they're not, the mutual fund's not paying tax. Um, But that's always what makes owning a mutual fund a challenge is that you really don't know all year what's going to happen from a tax standpoint, what that effect is to you until they make that announcement and you see that distribution at the end of the year. So it's always a, a challenge tax planning when there's mutual funds involved. Gotcha. Okay. So a lot of good information here on mutual funds. Final bit. Um, what's your, just what's your take on it, Phil? What's your thoughts on mutual funds? You know, as we mentioned, the landscape is changing. Things are starting to shift. A lot of times people are going to different ETFs and things of that nature. Do you feel as though they're going away? Should they go away? And how often, if at all, do you you know recommend or incorporate those into portfolios? Um, I mean, mutual funds still have a place. You know, I mean, it's um, for a managed type of fund, which I mean, that's where a mutual fund and that's really kind of the biggest difference between an ETF and a mutual fund is mutual funds are going to be managed. You know, there's somebody in there, um, if it's actively managed, buying or selling based on a certain strategy. ETFs are are more of a kind of a closed pool of investments, you know, so there's not actively active management inside. Um, From a tax standpoint, an ETF works better. You don't Mm -hmm. have the year-end distributions, capital gain distributions and things that happen inside the mutual fund. So I don't think mutual funds should be uh, eliminated. There's still some value there. Personally, in our practice, we don't use them just because I don't think they're as efficient of a vehicle as they could be, especially as the amount of assets that um, an individual has grows. There's other options available. We use personally um, what's called a separately managed account type structure, you know, so that uh, individual rather than owning a fund would own all the different underlying, let's call it stocks, if it's a stock type investment in their portfolio, still managed by a third party manager. So. There's a lot of options and don't, don't want to get too deep in, in, in this kind of a show, but um, it's like any financial tool, like you mentioned, it does have its place. Um, I don't think it'll ever be eliminated, Okay, um, but they're becoming less and less used, especially in light of uh, ETFs growing and that, that right, type right. of a fund is, is significantly uh, growing in um, in use and availability. So. Right. Well, and to your point, you know, when you're saying, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of other firms that are not using them as much as well. So yeah, I can definitely see the reduction there. Well, if you've got mutual funds and a lot of times as, you know, as Phil mentioned, they're going to be inside maybe a work related 401k package or things of that nature. And you've got questions about your mutual funds and uh, maybe you want to learn more about them, make sure you reach out to Phil and let him know that you want to have a conversation about your plan. Uh, If you don't have a plan, definitely reach out to him. If you're checking out the podcast, maybe this has been shared with you, uh, friends or family, something like that. Certainly reach out to him. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist at AFS Wealth Management here in the Metro Detroit area. And I guess you can reach out to Phil anytime at uh, 248-888-7530. That's 248-888-7530. And again, we appreciate you subscribing to and following, listening to the podcast. We do a couple of these, uh, well, we do just one one about every week or so, really, and uh, try to get out some good information for folks that hopefully it helps you along the way towards your retirement. And with that, we're going to finish up our program this week and, and say goodbye to 2019 with an email from Jane. And Jane sent this in to AFS Wealth Management. Dot com or afswealthmgt.com. <laughs> and Jane says, uh, Merry Christmas, guys. I have a question for you. I'll be retiring in exactly one year. 
So Phil, what's on the list of things I need to do before I officially walk away? Give me some pointers. No, oh, there's a lot, a lot of things to consider. I mean, number one is is really starting to understand what is the amount of income you're going to need in retirement. Um, there's probably the, the biggest point of error that I see is people underestimating what they think they might need mm, as they okay. get into retirement. I mean, the reality is most people like to maintain lifestyle. So it starts with that. Then you got to start to understand what are the income sources you have. Social Security is one of them. What's the options you have around Social Security? Do you have a pension? You know, what's the options you have around pensions? Once you start understanding income versus the expenses, if there's a gap, which often there is, now you have to come back to the assets that you've accumulated and start to determine, you know, which one of those assets you're going to use first. And that's really kind of the three components that we're always looking at is the need for income and the income you have, the assets you have, and in the last piece is taxes and how taxes are affected based on the other two. You know, ultimately you need a plan though, putting them all together and coming up with what the, the right mix and blend of those income assets and minimizing taxes would be. Well, with her saying she's retiring exactly one year, Jane, I'm hoping that you do have a plan and or are working with an advisor. Uh, since you sent us an email, I'm going to maybe assume that you're not. So definitely reach out and start interviewing and chatting with a couple different advisors. Uh, find that one that has a good fit for you if you are checking out our podcast and certainly come in and talk with Phil. But hopefully that helps you out with a few things to think about to get done on your list. But I would definitely put that at the top of your list, uh, sitting down and finding an advisor that gives you uh, the warm fuzzies you have the right fit with. And I think, Absolutely. That, yeah, I think that'll be a great way for you to get started. And hopefully that will help you. But exciting about walking away from work in a year. So yeah, kudos, that's great. Yeah. That's kudos great. to that. A go- good goal for 2020. That's right. Exactly. And with that, we're going to say goodbye to 2019. That's our podcast for this uh, this week and this year here on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts with Phil Putney, CPA and personal financial specialist. Phil, my friend, you have yourself a great holiday season with the family. Hope you enjoy yourself. Mark, you as well. We'll talk to you after the first of the year. I know. It's so exciting. I don't know what to do about 2020. It seems weird. I feel like it's like a sci-fi thing. I don't know. Yeah, like, I know. I know. It's, it's funny. I, um, I'm part of a networking group and we've got an optometrist in the group and they're they're claiming 2020. That's their year. So oh, yeah, of course. Kind of optometrist. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's kind of clever, I guess. You got to yeah. take advantage of those when those sure. come around. So. Well, then you could do 2025 and 2030. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. It gets worse from there. It gets though, right? wor- yeah, well, that's true. It does get worse from there. So, uh, so if you're going by eyesight, so that's pretty funny because my mother just had her eyes done uh she's 78 just had her uh, cataracts removed and and that she went from 2050 uh, to 2030 and she's all excited so oh yeah absolutely it, yeah. that's incredible she, so. she sent me a message the other night she's like the colors on my tv are amazing <laughs> <laughs> so i was like well that's good that's a that's a bonus so there you go all right folks well have yourself a fantastic holiday from phil and i we appreciate you so much and we will see you on the other side in 2020 bye-bye investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.